Hi friends, welcome along. This is the Influence Podcast. If you're looking to inspire more people, have a positive impact on a global scale, build an influential and magnetic brand, and build a profitable business with your unique gifts and talents, then the Influence Podcast is for you. I'm your host, Jake Adam Davey, former high school French and Spanish teacher, turned international speaker, online business coach, and Instagram growth and monetization enthusiast. You can find tools, resources, and so much more on the website, jakeadamdavy.com. And you can also say hello on Instagram at jakeadamdavy. Please also, if you're enjoying the podcast, do feel free to leave a review. The more stars, the better, of course. But equally, if you're not enjoying it, you are still invited to leave a review. The one thing I would also ask is, of course, sharing is caring. So if you've listened to something or heard something in the podcast that you think you've enjoyed or would be useful and beneficial to other people, then please do hit that share button and pass it on to somebody that you know. I'd be so very, very grateful and so thankful if you did. Now let's dive in with today's episode on the Influence Podcast. Hello, welcome along. This is episode number 41 of the Influence Podcast, and this is a belter. I am really excited about sharing this with you. Today, I interview James Shramko. Now, I'm going to give an introduction to James in just a moment, um, but this is probably one of the most enjoyable interviews I've ever done. You can probably hear my, my voice as we go through just the excitement from this podcast. So straight away, uh, this is worth a listen all the way to the end. The The only um, regret I have really about this podcast is that it doesn't go on longer because we, we, we really just begin to scratch the surface about James, his background, his philosophy on on, uh, on business and online business. And I just think it's incredibly, incredibly exciting and incredibly value as well, so valuable as well. So I'm excited to share this with you. Let me give a little bit of background first. Um, into James himself, and then I'm going to share a little bit about how I was introduced to James, and then we're going to dive straight in with the episode. So, James Shramko, he's an online business coach from Manly in uh, in Sydney. Uh, he currently runs two online business coaching communities, and in the 10 years as a business coach, he's helped over 3,000 of his students create and maintain six, seven, and eight-figure businesses. Before he built his coaching business, he was the general manager at Mercedes-Benz, and he made a six-figure income, but he was stressed by the demands of the job, wanting the time and financial freedom that he could see the top-level clients enjoying. So putting in many hours on the internet after work, he eventually made enough to quit Mercedes and go into the business full-time online. Since then, James has grown his coaching communities into multi-million dollar businesses that fund the lifestyle that he loves. Running his businesses with an input of just 20 hours a week, he finds ample time to surf, and that is 100% accurate. If you follow him on Instagram, if you follow him on social media, pretty much every single post that he puts out there is him out on the waves surfing every day. Uh, which is incredible. And of course, spending time with his friends, spending time with his family, watching movies and traveling. The keys to such uh, an idyllic lifestyle are that he, what he shares inside his two main paid communities, and they are the Silver Circle and Super Fast Business. So let me give you a little bit of background about these two as well, because once you've listened to this podcast, I'm absolutely convinced that you want to go over there and check this out from James. So super fast business, the first one. This is James James's paid community of entrepreneurs. 78% of these um, 
make over $100,000 per year, okay? With the community resources and with the personal coaching from James, the super fast business members gain proven leveraged ways of running their business that increase their earnings and free up their time, vastly improving their ability to enjoy life. So that is something which um, we'll talk about, but prior to, uh, I actually, um, within the, the podcast, it's worth mentioning that I do actually um, have access to this and there's incredible value um, within his super fast business community. There really, really is. Um, the, the second uh, element, the second of his online businesses is called Silver Circle. Now this is the high performance mastermind. It provides intensive one-on-one training to already successful online marketers who have that potential to f- for further growth that James identifies and builds on so very, very well. Members of this group report multi-million dollar gains within short periods of working with James. And there are a number of really, really high profile names that you may recognize from within the online marketing world. People, and we talk about these in the, in the episode, people such as Pat Flynn, for example, um, who has a, a, a remarkable um, uh, affiliate marketing business online. Molly Pittman, um, who is a sort of a resident on the, uh, the Digital Marketer podcast, Perpetual Traffic. Uh, another one, Ryan Levesque, the, the author of Ask. A lot of these people, a lot of these names, um, people that we recommend within our own business, you know, checking out, and he is the mentor to these, these guys. Tom Breeze, another one. Um, so, the, you know, the, the list really is quite remarkable, and that's just four, right? If you go to the website, superfastbusiness.com, and you check this out, um, you'll see that there are some remarkable, remarkable um, people and, and, and experts within the, the online marketing space that James has um has coached and all around just a fantastic guy he really really is and you'll you'll that will come through straight away when you listen to this podcast so I'm going to dive in um, I was introduced just quickly I was introduced to uh, James last year at the beginning of last year through Paul my mentor um, we did a strategy session on Instagram how James can be using Instagram as another one of his traffic sources to generate uh, leads clients customers for his business um, and from there, we had a conversation, and, and I've since uh, gained access to his um, his super fast business mentorship program, or the the, the paid community. Um, and there's incredible value in there, and that is ultimately what it is. It is a community, a fantastic community in there um, of like-minded business owners, entrepreneurs who want to grow, scale their business, and create more freedom in their lives. So. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop talking. I think it's more important that we get in and have a listen to James. As I say, this is far and away one of the most enjoyable that I've recorded so far. It really, really is. Um, you could probably tell that in my voice as we go through. I know that you're going to enjoy this as well. So um, enjoy, dive in. This is the interview with James Shramko. Okay, James, um, what an introduction. I am so excited to have you with us on the podcast today. Thank you so much for joining us. Really, really appreciate it. It's very exciting to be here. Thank you very much, Jake. Awesome. James, I'm going to dive straight in. Um, there's one phrase that I, when, I, when, uh, um, when we spoke beforehand, and I've heard you say this before a number of times, the phrase, own the race course. Talk me through that. What exactly, how would you describe own the race course? What does that mean? It's about controlling the assets where you've got the option to, which you don't always have. There are varying degrees. There's often a trade-off between ease and uh, risk and control. And when I came online, I noticed a lot of people were using easy platforms that had quite a high risk to them 
and uh, they had quite low control of. For example, if they put up their entire business on a Facebook page or group, uh, or if they had a YouTube channel. Now, these, these platforms weren't actually even there when I started online, but as they became popular, I noticed people would build on those platforms and sometimes they'd get stopped and they'd lose everything and they'd complain about it. And I just uh, wanted to passionately remind people, you have got a choice. So from the beginning, I've always made an emphasis on building a database, uh, owning my own website where possible. And even though I use social platforms to get customers, I'm not trading entirely on there. I'm using my own cart and I've got a lot more control. So it came to me from a mentor uh, in, a, in the previous business that I was in, which was in the automotive industry. I worked for a Mercedes-Benz dealership and he used to just drum this into me, own the race course. And he was often uh, making me aware that Mercedes-Benz were having a lot of control over their dealerships and they were telling us how we had to do things and they were manipulating numbers and reports, et cetera. And it really went against his grain. And so it, he uh, would, wherever possible, we would try and have control of a process or ownership of property so that we could basically uh, not be compromised. He was all about no compromise to the extent where he had another saying, which was an empty flat is better than a bad tenant. So you've got so much control. If you own the flat and you have a bad tenant, you can tell them to shove off and you can then have less drama and no compromise rather than being the renter. And then the person who owns the flat, you know, they want to sell it or they want to put the rent up. You've got no control. And we're seeing that right now with retailers complaining about having the rents go up on their retail space. And what we are seeing is some people have figured out, hey, you know, they can go online and they can sell their own things from an online marketplace and not be beholden to the shopping center lease. I fully agree. It's something that we talk a lot about with our clients um, and the importance obviously the focus, main focus of the, the, the podcast is with Instagram, but the real value is moving people from Instagram and moving people into your database, into an asset that you own, that you grow, that you build and that, that will be with you, you know, no matter what happens with algorithms or closing accounts and all these, these kind of things as well. I'm, I'm delighted that you touched on your, your background with, with Mercedes um, as well as, as car, um, your background within sales. How important was that and your background within, tell us a little bit more about, your background in, 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 in sales with Mercedes uh, Benz as well in the car dealership. How important was that in, in sort of um, giving you the skills for the transition online? And also why did that, or, or was that a big reason why you moved online as well, perhaps because of that um, needing to sort of fit in within a certain systems of the business as well. So a bit of a big question I realized, but could you just give us a bit more about, about that background and then, how did that impact on what you're doing today? It is a great question. I will address all aspects of that for you, Jake. And also I want to thank you for when you helped me with my Instagram, it was reminding me to drive people to that bio link, which is the name of the game to get people to go and get the report or to see my products and move them into an area that I control away from an area that I don't control. So that was a key lesson. With my previous role, it was absolutely critical 
to giving me the skill sets that allow me to thrive in an online place. In terms of the reasons why I went online, I had my family were in the travel industry and I noticed they had a bit of a tough time as people started searching for their own airfares and cutting out the travel agent. And then there was uh, the 9-11 incident uh, caused a whole pullback in travel. So it sort of squashed the industry a bit. In terms of the car dealership trade, I noticed a lot of customers were coming in very knowledgeable about the up and coming models that even the manufacturer was not telling us about. And they'd been researching online. And I started to think this online thing, this worldwide internet, it's something that I should learn about. It's something I need to know. And it sort of happened at the same time as me reading books by entrepreneurs who were teaching me that I was in a very risky position uh, with a job getting paid by one person. I had no control and full of compromise. And uh, I realized I need to get paid by a lot of people. And one of the best ways to do that was the same way a lot of my Mercedes-Benz clients were getting wealthy was to have their own business. So putting these ideas together, I knew I needed to have my own business. I didn't know what my business would be. I did think the internet was a good place to put it because I could take my valuable sales and management skills and instead of just selling one product in one geographic area, in one uh, currency and, and being employed by one person, I could open up that and give myself a lot of scope for opportunity and protect myself by getting paid by lots of people. And then just the, the final thing that factored in was the fact that I could see we were coming into a global economic hardship I was watching those subprime loans in the United States fall over and I was very worried that I'm here in a high paid role in the luxury part of the industry and there's going to be an economic fallout, a collapse. In Australia, we called it a great financial crisis. I'm not sure what they called it in other countries, but this is around 2007, 2008, 2009. That period was the last time there was a a bit of a downturn in the economy and it gave me flashbacks of my parents yeah. in uh, you know 1989 uh there was a there was a recession uh you know 80 88 80, 89 90 91 somewhere around that time was a um a big recession and they lost pretty much everything it was unfortunate they didn't go bankrupt they they kept some small slither of savings and uh you know they scraped through but i did not want to be in that position so i realized you know here i am i've got four kids at this time i had a property that i'm paying off i had an investment property that i'm paying off i had shares that were on a geared portfolio and i'm getting paid by one person so i needed to get my own business so i i taught myself how to build a website and it was a very difficult thing to do, <laughs> but, but I figured it out. And uh, I then started promoting the software that made it easy for me to build my own website. And that was my sort of pathway out of a job. Thank you so much for that. I really appreciate you, you, you giving that backstory. And, and that transitions almost perfectly into your movement online. Um, your, 
but your your success genuinely like when i when i look through the website and the pages and the, and the, the 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 bio that we read out at the top of the, the podcast as well it's for me it's mind-blowing it really really is the level that you're at and there has to be there has to be one thing that is or is there one thing that you attribute that to because it's it, it's quite remarkable. It's not the kind of results that the majority of people on the street would, would produce. So what do you think it is, if, if there is one specific thing, or maybe there's one or two, what do you think that, that one thing is that's allowed you to build this incredible business and now have the lifestyle that you have, living life on your own terms at the moment? What do you think that might be? I remember asking a successful real estate investor what his secret was and he just laughed at me. <laughs> it, it would be really hard to put it down to one thing. I, I do think there's, there's definitely a lot of elements and uh, whilst I'm, uh, you know, I can feel good about your description of my success. You know, I think success is very personal. It's different for other people and a lot of people measure success in just you know, one or two bands, but there's probably seven or eight areas that you could measure it with. For example, I know that I give up some annual revenue to be able to surf every day. That's more important to me to spend time with my family, to do personal activities than to just make money. So money's great. And I have built myself an all weather business that works in any economy. And that's through, uh, you know, consistent, repeated, effort and refinements. I studied a lot of the greats. I would say one thing that set me apart early from my peer group was that I was reading business books and applying them. I've got a fantastic personal library. I started reading my first sales book when I was 12. And then I didn't really look at business books again until I studied accounting when I was about 17 or 18. And then from there, uh, when I started to get into the workforce, especially selling, I was an avid reader. I read everything I could find on the topics I needed to understand. And this is really before the internet was in mainstream use. I'm talking about through the early nineties through to the to through to 2000, you know, that decade, I read a lot of books on management, negotiation, you know, personal, uh, skills. I, I look through my library. There's a very eclectic range, but that is one thing that I did. I actually ingested information and then I executed on that information and I've constantly refined my, my mental models inside my head to deliver me a more efficient leveraged result. Reading between the lines that, that the importance that you put on education, reading, studying, learning the whole time, constantly going back and refining and and then the implementation of that as well has been the biggest factor you would you would think yes however i want to make a distinction i'm not an academic i didn't finish accounting i've never done a degree i don't gel well with the school system i failed my school certificate uh so i've been an um a real world learner. I learn from people. I learn from conversations. I learn from you, Jake. I learn from anyone I come into contact with. I can learn something from, even if it's a guy, a crusty old guy pushing a trolley down the street with 27 plastic bags in it, who's homeless. He's going to yeah. teach me something. He'll teach me gratitude for having a roof over my head. You know, I just take in information like a sponge and I process it 
and I and I interpret. Well, what does that mean for me? How can this be useful? Uh, what's the lesson in this? So even when I have a negative experience, when things don't go perfectly well, uh, whether it's my grandma teaching me how to paint, or when I get dunked by a wave in the ocean, I'm getting a lesson. So the world can be a great educator. That's that's an incredible view of the world, I guess. What this is this is going a little bit off off um, the marketing side. But I, I, I just want to dig a little bit deeper into that. Where where did that that mindset or mind frame come from, or, or is that some that's obviously something that's developed? Has that always been with you, or is that something that you've learned and, and grown and, and and developed over time? You'd have to think some of it might be genetic, and some of it might be learned. And this will sound a bit strange, because I almost get goosebumps when I think about this. You know, I had great parents. I still have great parents. They were quite worldly and they used to bring visitors to our home my mum worked with uh, international organizations like red cross they would bring people in from other countries and host a dinner and you know i'd learn about different cultures they used to travel with us they'd take us around rural new south wales and i'd meet uh, aboriginals and people from other uh, communities my mum used to look after uh, you know orphans from a, a boy's home from time to time. So I got, I got an awareness of that there's a bigger world than just inside our environment. Uh, as an adult, yeah. I started to travel more. Like when I was getting, getting into my own business around about 2008, I started a, a bit of a travel bonanza, you know, for the last 12 years I have, traveled around the world most years i've been to a lot of places i in fact one year i went to the united states every month for a year uh, back and forth to learn to meet to build my network and I, I went through europe and asia and lots of different places and then the part that's really cool is i discovered my great-grandfather's diaries his journals and from a hundred years ago we're talking about you know, 1908 wow. and uh in wow. there, he's, he's, he's journaling his travels to Africa and Russia. And uh, he used to buy and sell gold and silver and tin mines. And he was one of the uh, members of the Australian Stock Exchange. And he was a great businessman. He did a lot of arbitrage. But he was essentially doing what I do, which is travel yeah. around. Uh, instead of blogging, he wrote it in his diary but he used to take in things. He used to notice that the natives in Africa were drinking water uh, that was coconut water. And he noticed how uh, refreshing it was for them and how that sort of seemed to energize them. And now if you walk into a yoga studio, you'll see that stuff in the refrigerator. So, you know, he used to draw little <laughs> illustrations and write down Japanese proverbs and he'd list out his inventory for his trips and he'd go on these, you know, boat trip and, uh, and buy and, and sell and write it all down. So as I'm reading through these, I'm thinking, wow, you know, some of this must be in my bloodline, this, this sort of natural instinct. Yeah. But then, uh, of course, I believe we can modify our behavior through, you know, reprogramming our brain, which is what I was talking about before, upgrading the software. Yeah. I, thank you so much for sharing that. Um, I'm 
I'm literally sat here just on the edge of my seat listening to that. That's absolutely incredible story about your great your great grandfather and, and his travels and the detail with which he's he's gone into that you can then pick up a hundred years later. And as you say, pretty much doing the, the same thing in 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 a in a modern modern society, a modern format. But I just think that's that is quite incredible. Um, I love that this has gone totally in a different direction to how I expected as well. But thank <laughs> no, you. I don't share that. that story very um, often either. It must have been. No, I love it. I love it. Uh, thank you for that. Um, I am. I'm going to redirect it a little bit. Because I want to keep on the travel um, side, and 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 um, I mentioned just before we uh, we spoke, or before we turned the recording on, I should say, um, that a couple of years ago, or a few years ago now, I think it was that you you came for an event and you delivered. I believe it was in London. I think I'm right in saying. And I had a conversation with one of our clients last week, just last week, and we were having a chat about uh, a couple of her options with different programs and support and things. And, and out, totally out of the blue, she said to me, um, do you know James Shamko? And I said, yes, I do. And she, she then proceeded to tell me for the next five, 10 minutes about how fantastic you, you were and how much she loved the course, how much she just absolutely could not get enough of your support and thought it was it was fantastic and that the fact that that obviously I'd never met her I, she had no idea that I knew you and such you that's just one example of course that's just sort of one of, of many many in that community how have you built a community and and by the way there's there's a number of other people that I've spoken to with inside your super fast community uh, business community who say the same which is a, just such a credit to you. How have you developed that? And how important is that, that community element and those relationships, do you think, to the success of your business? One of my bosses uh, said to me once, he said, Shrammy, you know what your problem is? And I said, what's that? And he said, you care too much. You know, like I would actually really take it to heart if someone didn't buy from me and it's because I really cared. I wanted them to get the right solution. And I think that that doesn't hurt. Yeah. It doesn't hurt if you have values and integrity. It's quite rare online. A lot of people are out to make a quick dollar and they don't really care about stepping over people for it. And whilst I was very disappointed when I came online about that, I could also see that it was easy to differentiate from those people. And in terms of uh, developing the market and building a community, I absolutely brought Mercedes-Benz quality to my marketplace. Like I learned about selling a, a brand that has great integrity. It was, you know, it's an over 100 year old brand. It's a very good product. And I wanted to create a suitably similar product um, for my market. I wanted a good product that I could be proud of. And I wanted people to get a good solution. Like there is actually a difference between uh, Mercedes-Benz and, uh, you know, a very low, a low quality product out in the marketplace. Like if, if you put them both in, a, in an accident, the Mercedes-Benz is going to go really well. You know, if you were to open and close the door over the next 10 years, one of them will last way better. So, you know, I, was, I wanted a good brand value. And I also built my network by traveling. And I would go over to the UK and I would speak at the events and I would have meetups for my community and I meet people face to face. And I used to deal with people in a showroom environment 
on a daily basis. I don't know how many people I spoke to over uh, between 1995, March 1995 and July 2008 is how long I spent in the automotive industry. I met a lot of people, had so many conversations with people every single day, (laughs) complete strangers. So I'm I'm good at, at having a conversation with people. I can quickly build points of rapport. I'm not afraid of anyone because I came before that from a debt collection environment. And, uh, you know, most of these people weren't running away trying to hide from me (laughs) because they owe me money. You know, they actually wanted help. So that was nice. (laughs) And uh, I also, I'm never scared about telephone calls or that sort of stuff because, you know, I I also learned that people can't punch you in the face over the phone. So there's very low risk. And uh, by visiting the marketplaces, by getting to know people and truly understanding their situation and caring about them, uh, people do remember that. And it's it's pretty random that one lady in the, the UK would mention me and, and know me, but um, it's also nice. And I definitely know her. She's one of the most lovely people you could ever hope to meet. And uh, whenever we have communications, I'm putting myself in her shoes and thinking about things from her perspective so that I can help her better solve her challenge. Whereas I think most marketers, uh, they're just trying to pay off the mortgage or get a fancy a Lamborghini or something. And, and that motivation is not really in the best interest of their consumer. Could I, just to further that one, one more step, um, James, how do you, because I think this may be a trap that people fall into um, as well, is, and certainly I find myself tempted to fall into this. How do you differentiate between, let's say, for example, you have a particular specialism and you're, you're interacting with a lot of people and talking to people who, who want or need help in other areas. Maybe it's still of an online business, but other areas that you know you could, you could solve that problem, you know you could help them with, but it just takes you a little bit away from your main focus. How, how would you sort of deal with that? Would you say, okay, yeah, I'll take that on as an additional service and maybe spread myself a little bit thinner? Or would you say, let me recommend you to somebody else? Or would you say, um, I need to find a partner so that I can bring somebody else in and solve that? Or would you actually redirect them and bring them around to your way of thinking and say, actually, no, you, need, you, need, you really need this, which is what I offer and, and this is why you need it. What, what would you, how would you approach that? Well, I think about what's best from their perspective. If I were them, what would be the best possible solution you know, knowing what I actually know? So in the vast majority of cases, I'm going to be making a referral and I've always found success with making good referrals. I'm probably quite well regarded when it comes to referrals. People do trust me because I'm picky. You know, I'm not going to refer someone if they, if that person's going to get a bad experience or they're not going to get their problem solved. Because if I do that, that reflects directly on me and people refer, and my friend Dean Jackson talks about this. People refer more for, social status than for financial gain. You know, if I refer someone, I want Mm -hmm. them to think that was the greatest referral ever. It reflects well on me and it increases (laughs) my significance. Yeah. So I think very carefully when I do refer about who the right fit would be. And I'll also disclaim if I don't know firsthand about the possibility of good results, I will say that I'll say, look, do your own research, speak to a few of their customers because I haven't, had a first-hand experience, but I only know of this person, I'll, I'll sort of give them a, a category of referral. 
or I'll say, look, here's the person I use and I trust, you know, I'd give them the keys to my house. I trust them that much. Okay. Perfect. Thank you. That's, that's, that's asked a, a answered, I should say a lot of questions question that i've i've had recently um with my own business and things and and it is tempting to think i could do that and therefore maybe i should but then having the confidence as you say to refer people out and naturally that's a cycle right you do that with them and they will they will reciprocate and such as well there's two elements to this i'll just extend my answer a little bit uh, because i think it will be helpful for you the further you go away from your sweet spot the the harder it is to to transfer between those things and you lose a bit of the energy and you might not give the absolute greatest experience compared to someone who only does that thing. So that's, that's why even though you could solve people's problems in a more general sense, sort of good to stay in your lane as much as possible so that you only ever deliver an absolutely amazing result. The other thing is you don't always expect the result to come back exactly where you put it. You might refer three people to Freddie Yet Charlie and Bob send you someone like a completely different person, but that's more of a karma thing yeah. I've found. Uh, I've found I've yeah. I've come up with a mental model to explain it to myself, but it's like if you were to go down to the uh, local showground and they have one of those um, pony ride things, you know, on the poles that go around a carousel. Like you might you might yeah. push yeah, yeah. the carousel in one direction, but the one behind you will poke you in the back. Like you put the energy somewhere, it'll come from somewhere else. So it doesn't matter when you, when you give that referral, you don't have to expect it back from that exact same person because inevitably it'll come from somewhere else unexpected. So that's what I've found. And uh, the main thing is to consider the opportunity cost of taking on that. If you take on a a job that you're like 85% good at, you might be giving up a job that you're a hundred percent good at. You lose some of that capacity to take on the good stuff. So uh, the, the example might be if you had a refrigerator full of beer and uh, you attempted to take in a, a light beer, but you don't really drink it, but you like the look of it. It means now you can't stick a proper beer in there because uh, the, the spot's taken, yeah. it's gone. So sometimes it's better just to run a half empty fridge and wait for the good stuff. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, the beer analogy uh, rings rings very true with me. I love that. <laughs> and I, I don't even drink Perfect. beer anymore. I'm I'm gluten free, but uh, if anyone who drinks beer might understand that. You know, don't don't feel like you have yeah, to grab yeah, everything. Sure. And and also, customers definitely are able to detect any even tiny fragment of desperation or. Um, or compromise, yeah. they can pick it up like, like a snake smells the sweat glands on a mouse. You know, they're like, oh, I, you know, they, they, they're, um, they're onto yeah. it. They can pick it up. I, I come back as well to just a couple of steps to what you mentioned about sort of the, 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 the merry-go-round with the, the horses and, you know, you, you push one, but then another one sort of pokes you in the back and such and, and maybe the referral doesn't come from where you expect. And I'd probably extend that as well, just certainly for, for, for people that are regular listeners here, I'd extend that to, to all areas of your business in the sense of, of, of your marketing and, and uh, be that, you know, with your regular consistent sharing on social media, um, be that the, the things that we talk about where you're emailing your list, be that turning up every day, doing a live video, um, you know, be it have, picking the phone up and having those calls, um, even if you're not confident that it's going to lead to a new client and such, but, but by putting that out there and taking that action, it raises the awareness of everybody else 
that you're doing this, that you're there and that you're visible. And, and so I just wanted, sorry, James, I just wanted to further that because I think that's a, it's a really good point that applies not just to referrals, but to, to every area of the business as well. Um, just, just, I want, I want to push on just a little further and, and, and look at now the, really the, the, the impact that you've had on, on just a, a huge number of different um, businesses and business areas and, and, I hope you don't mind me reading just, just a couple of the names from, I mean, they're all on your website, so I'm, I'm, I'm sure you don't, but some of the people that you've impacted who are household names in, in kind of the industry that we have, um, Ezra Firestone um, on, on your website saying you're the best coach in the world, Tom Breeze, um, Ryan Levesque from the, the, the Ask Method, um, Molly Pittman, anybody, if I recommend anybody listen to the sort of the Digital Marketer podcast and Perpetual Traffic, We'll all be familiar with Molly Pittman, and I mean that's just that's just a very small selection of people that you've that you've worked with and, and coached. And these are you know people that within the sort of the online marketing industry we look up to you know, really really highly for guidance. How I just I just think it's incredible. What what sort of um, is, does that come back to referrals as well? How how are you approached by by people at this level, or or is it that you're that you're taking them to this level ultimately? Is, is a big reason that we know them maybe as, as or certainly with the marketing space as household names. Is that because of the impact that you've had with them through working with them or have they already come to you and you've taken them to the next level? What, what does that journey look like say with people that you're working with? Well, I don't know if you've seen Tiger King, but I have. <laughs> pretty much everyone has uh, working with those sort of elite people. It's like having an exotic zoo. You know, you've got some really rare animals there. And they're not all the same. So the first thing I'll say is each one has got to be treated differently. And yeah. so there's a mixture. Some of them, yes, you might know them because I helped them early on. I really love to find talent early and develop them. Uh, I think they call that king making. That's one of my favorite things to okay. do. And uh, on that list would be people like James Dyson, a young graphic design artist from the UK who I met on the warrior forum and was selling templates for $17 and uh, helped him develop what became optimized press, which was a big website platform. You know, he was my first yeah. million dollar a year student. We're talking about you know, nine, 10 years ago. Now um, Ezra, yeah. he came to me via referral through a little SEO group we had, and he asked me if I would help him. He had a brand new domain called smartmarketer.com with nothing on it. And he asked if he could replicate yeah. super fast business, if I would teach him. And so I taught him content marketing. I taught him own the race course. I taught him teams and he went on to get gigs with digital marketer and he's definitely a household name in our industry because he's been on the, the traffic and conversions platform. He's blown up his e-commerce store. You know, just, he's just been a fantastic case study. He's probably the most successful in terms of outright revenue. So that's like from a few hundred thousand dollars a year to 65 million a year. Um, then other ones are already famous by the time they, they get to me guys like, Pat Flynn or Tom Breeze, uh, they're already doing great, but they just want some help with just sort of back, back of house things like strategy and um, even just someone to chat to and bounce ideas and get a different opinion than what they would from their regular mastermind or 
uh, or by themselves. It's a very lonely game, this yeah. online business. You've got a lot of people at, at home trying to think through big problems and challenges. You've got lots of money moving around. You've got lots of people moving yeah. around. You've, there's, a, there's an unlimited amount of choice and business is pretty much always open. So it can drain you. And it's just nice to have a co-pilot there who's, you know, in the other seat, can take over the controls, understands the, the game and uh, is basically there to, to go on the mission with you and help you make good choices. Um, just remarkable. I'm, I'm conscious of time, James. And I want to, um, I, before sort of asking, I mean, I've got one question that I ask everybody, but I'll come to that at the end. What more, well, firstly, a little bit selfish for myself, but then also for everybody listening as well. First off, um, I'd love to know for, for, for everybody listening, cause I've got no doubt. I mean, I'm going to promote this, this podcast a lot. I'm going to recommend people listen to this a lot just because of, of the, the value they've given, but also just the amount of, I think, excitement around what you do in your business as well. What would be the best way for people to find out more about, about um, your business, how they could potentially work with you, get support? Um, and, and what does that process and pathway look like? And then a little bit, a little bit more maybe for myself, <laughs> just as a bit of a selfish one, but what would, would you also have a, a recommendation maybe personalized for me, um, be that going into the Superfast community, using it more effectively, um, but I'd love to know what the recommendations would be, first of all, for the listeners and then potentially for myself as well. Well, there are lots of pathways because I've built a chocolate wheel rather than a, a funnel. You hear a lot about funnels, yeah. you know, where there's like one pathway and then it's like a free thing and then you get a little bit of a paid thing and then a bigger paid thing and so on. That, that doesn't work for everyone because yeah. some people want the highest solution possible. I'm quite certain uh, Pat Flynn just started at the top program. So uh, you could go to Amazon and get work less, make more. It's a book. It's also on audible. That's a good, concise, very low entry point access to some of my ideas and concepts. And I would recommend that. I mean, I wrote it for my kids. It's an entry point that gives great context. And I think it's probably 20 bucks. Yeah something like that. Don't hold me to it. I haven't bought it for a while, you know, for two years, maybe. Uh, and and yeah, sometimes yeah, Amazon yeah. put them on, on sale. <laughs> so you might be lucky. Um, that's good. I've got a lot of podcast episodes. I've been podcasting for a while now at super fast business. So um, pretty much every topic you could think of, there's likely to be a podcast on it or two. And there's a, a list of all the podcasts on one page. I did that for myself. Because like you said, Jake, if you're going to put the effort into putting together a show, you might as well ask questions that you're curious about. So I've been on that sort of journey for a while and, and I've rounded up mindset experts, psychology experts, you know, everything from e-commerce to social media. Yeah. And I think a lot of people consume that, you know, I think 65,000 people are listening to that and not all of them buy something. So that's fine. Uh, there's something for everyone. Uh, for members of super fast business, yeah. there's two levels these days. There's, there's the one where you can get help from me and that costs a little more uh, where we have a private conversation. And then there's the one where you can access all the trainings and come to the live trainings and get the past recordings and you can access all the other members. And these are both behind closed doors and the other members are fantastic. And that's a really easy access point to get a feel for that. And if you want some more help, you can switch between the plans and then if someone's already going really well, like they're already doing 500,000 or a million dollars a year and they, they, they want to get 
some help on that, then that's where Silver Circle kicks in. And that's a, a smallish group of entrepreneurs who are mostly I'm individually working with those, but there is a group element to it. And uh, beyond that, there's some partnerships. Uh, when I find some of the, the, the uh, clients that I think have got amazing products or services and I'm looking to get into that business with them, uh, often uh, we'll formulate some kind of partnership where I can help them on a more yeah. long-term basis and as a more of an investor type role. I love it. I love it. Thank you for that. That's, that, that gives a real sort of broad spectrum and possibility. And as you say, entry points for people at all levels um, from the book through the way, right the way through to the top end, as you mentioned, Pat Flynn coming in at the sort of the highest level um, as well. What I, what I will do uh, James as well, is I'll, I'll put links in the show notes to the, the, the super fast business book. Um, if you have any other links, say to the, the super fast business, uh, site i could put those in there as well uh, and then anything else i'd be more than happy to to, to drop in also um very conscious of time and, and your time because i know you've got more calls in the in, in the pipeline very very soon so just one final question if i may um james and this is something asked to everybody the name of the, the podcast it's it's is called influence um could i ask what does the word influence mean to you <laughs> it, might, it reminds me of cialdini's book which is pretty much a, yes. a staple reading for anyone in marketing or, or business, even in life. I think it's a very instructional uh, book. You know, it's, it's um, a close cousin of persuasion. And um, I think some people are scared of influence and they needn't be. I think it's more of a technical process and you could have, good influence and bad influence. So that's what comes to mind when you first mention that name. It's definitely a force. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's, it, it really is. And um, if I don't, I don't want to add anything onto that, I'm going to leave that with, with, with you and what you said. Um, but I, I fully agree. And I think there are, there are many ways that people can take that word. Um, but truly, hopefully it's, 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 it's a force for good. And that's certainly the intention of the podcast and, intention of the, the business i'm certainly that i know you're building and that i'm i'm trying to build as well so on that note james i just wanted to say a, a enormous thank you genuinely um huge gratitude to, to you for giving up your 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 well your evening um as it is in australia um thank you so much and um for everybody that's listening i'll put links in the show notes to where you can access james and contact james including his own podcast as well um, you know, this is really, we've, we've barely scratched the surface about the, the, the potential and the knowledge that you can get from, from him. Um, thank you so much, James. I greatly appreciate it. I'd love if at some point in the future we could do a part two and, um, I just, yeah, just again, thank you so much for joining us. I greatly, greatly appreciate it. Well, thank you. And of course, I'm happy to do a part two if there's particular, uh, interest. And also Jake, I just want to say thank you to you because you've helped me tremendously understanding more about Instagram, which I had no clue about and I'm still not that great at, but I'm slowly improving <laughs> thanks to uh, some of the suggestions you've given me. And uh, I, I know how knowledgeable you are with it. And even the small tips that I've started on have yielded great results. So I appreciate that very much. Uh, it's, a, it's an absolute pleasure. And of course, James, I, I'm more than happy to, to help in, in any way, if you have any other questions about it, um, just let me know and I will certainly be, um, be, be happy to help out. It'd be my pleasure. 
Thank you, James. Thank you so much. Um, for everybody listening, I do trust that you've enjoyed this episode as much as, much as I've enjoyed it. Um, James, thank you. And um, everybody, have a fantastic day. Thank you all for listening. And I look forward to speaking with you all very, very soon in the next episode. Take care. Hi, friends. Jake here again. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. You can find links to anything that we've discussed, books, trainings, other podcasts, uh, anything currently that we're enjoying, you will find those in the show notes or you'll find it somewhere in and around all the information that you usually find in a podcast. And a reminder that if you'd like to know more about what I do, if you want more of tools, resources, any recommendations, readings, uh, free training, products and such, then you can find all of that on the website jakeadamdavy.com. Equally, if you want to come over and say hello, Instagram is always the best place and the account is at jakeadamdavy. If you're enjoying this podcast, don't hesitate to leave us a review. Of course, the more stars, the better. And equally, sharing is caring. So if you've heard something or listened to something that you've enjoyed yourself and you think will be beneficial or useful to other people, please do pass that on. It will be very much appreciated. And as you know, when you get a recommendation from somebody that you trust, there really is nothing better. Thank you so much. And until next time, stay on mission, do something extraordinary for others, keep inspiring and keep growing your circle of influence. Goodbye.